0: This is The Thrive Podcast with Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. And now, Pastor Fred Jeff Smith. And welcome to edition number 23, I believe it is, of The Thrive Podcast, The Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. I'm Fred Jeff Smith, Pastor of Shiloh. And whether you are listening via iTunes or viewing via YouTube, we thank you for taking the time to share in our Thrive Podcast today. I am very honored today and delighted uh, to have three youth of the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church as my guest today, Terianna Thompson, Mystique Price and Dale Walker. Uh, I am extremely grateful to all three of you for taking the time to come. This was not my idea. It should have been my idea. I should have been smart enough to figure this out, but it wasn't. (laughs) I I wasn't. This was Minister Troy Kennedy's idea. Uh, Minister Kennedy is uh, the minister to children and youth here at Shiloh, and he suggested that it would be a good thing to have some of the youth of Shiloh. Uh, on the podcast and he recommended the three of you to come and talk with me today so thank you all for taking the time to do that and each one of you just take a moment and 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 tell the audience who you are
1: um, I'm Mystique I'm 16 years old I go to Lehigh I've been a member here since I was little very little five years old
2: Okay. Um, I'm Dale Walker, age 15. I go to Mentorship Academy, and I've been going here since daycare. Okay, since daycare.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Wow. Hey, yes, ma'am.
1: I'm Tariana Thompson. I'm 17 years old. I attend Glen Oaks High School. Um, I am a very active member of Shiloh Baptist Church. I have been since I was about five years old.
0: So we have three people who have been here for most of their lives. Yes, sir. Uh, So, talk to me, Uh, and and, and this is not meant to be a a self-promotion. I want your honest assessment. How does Shiloh do when it comes to reaching young people? Are are we doing a good job, a decent job? Uh, Are we doing a, a fair job, a poor job? If I were to ask you to put it on a scale of A to F, is Shiloh passing, are they just passing, or are they failing when it comes to reaching young people?
1: Well, I feel as though y'all, you're doing a fair job. Okay. Like you said, it should have been your decision to put us on a podcast, <laughs> but it took Mr. Troy to come and do it. Y'all give us the opportunities, like the youth activities right. now and surrounding, but a lot of them have been rejected. And it's not
2: as many youth as it used to be. Like right. back way back when. So I feel as though y'all are doing a fair job. Okay. Dale? Um, first of all, I'm thankful to be here yes. talking to you. Um, Y'all doing a good job. Because, like, at, since daycare, y'all been, it's like a family, a church family, a big church family. Shallow, Shiloh is going to put banners on the map.
0: That's very kind, yeah, um. Ms. D? I feel like we're
1: doing a pretty good job. I just feel like we need to evolve more as a church for the youth for to keep because like Seriana was saying, a lot of our youth have journeyed on different places right. from the church um I do feel like we're doing a good job, but I feel like more programs or something that'll keep the youth here because. Mm-hmm the world is evolving but our church is still traditional
0: Okay, I do think that Shiloh is a traditional Mm -hmm. church Uh, uh, I I think that uh, a church of our age uh, will be 146 uh, come August Um, I I think that uh, it's normal for a church that has been around for that long uh, to find itself steeped in and sometimes mired by traditions and breaking out of those traditions sometimes is a difficult thing to do. One of the, 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 the mistakes that we make is we talk about children but don't talk to children. We talk about youth, I know you don't want to be called children, we talk, we, we talk about youth but we don't talk to youth and so that's why I'm intrigued by having this opportunity to talk. To you, rather than to talk to someone else about you. We we, we just completed uh, a a recording of a podcast with a gentleman uh, who serves as a mentor to young people, uh, not just here in Baton Rouge, but across the state of Louisiana. Uh, And one of the things that I asked him was, "How can the church?" reach out more uh, to young people. And so rather than ask someone else about young people, let me ask the young people, what is it that we can do that that, that that you think would be would better serve you as young people who clearly want to be at church? Nobody's making you come to church. You come because you want to be here. So what is it that we can do to, to help foster your spiritual growth here at Shiloh?
1: Um, well, I'm going to start off by saying this. The church is a very safe... Well, this church, I know, is a very safe place. It's very comfortable. You always feel family-oriented. This is a family-oriented church. You never pass by somebody that's not in a family whose family attends here. Um, I feel like we need, like, more programs that attract teams, such as, like, I know we used to have a basketball team a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Basketball and vacation Bible school, that attracts a lot of people. Right. A lot of outsiders especially kids and teens, um, we should try doing more things like that. And we can benefit from it, too, because we could do, like, fundraisers. Like, for instance, for the basketball team, we could do, like, the summer camp. You know, the training for the players, whatever. That brings in money for that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, That also helps with the community perspective, like keeping the kids off the street. If they have something that keeps their mind going, then it'll kind of help take the kids off the street and help them stay out of trouble as Mm -hmm. well.
2: Okay. Dale? Um, <clears throat> I feel that um a long time ago we used to have, like, a field day. Like, a lot of stuff, like barbecues, water slides and stuff. We used to have a fun time. All right. Like, I feel like if we have those, like, I would say, like, every now and then, It'll bring the community back together because Baton Rouge, it just been killing. Like, if we have more stuff involving, like, the youth, children, adults, it'll be better because, like, it's bringing us closer. So we just don't pass by and look at you like, uh, yeah, yeah. Cheriana?
1: As Ms. Steve was saying about the programs, I agree with that, and, like, the building, the old daycare, mm-hmm. I think that it could be fixed up, bought something to be like a safe haven for the youth mm-hmm. where we can interact with each other except, like, for on Wednesdays. That's the only time we really get to see each other mm-hmm. and talk. I think we need more time to spend with each other, get to know each other, get closer.
0: Well, it's interesting you mentioned the uh, the old building because one of the goals that we have is to put that building back into usable shape uh, and, or, and, and, and my personal goal was to make it a youth center so yeah. that uh, uh, young people would have a place where they could gather and, and just recreate and, and, and enjoy one another. Uh, when it comes down to cost, that's a horse of a different color. But it is something that we are looking into and investigating. You all have friends, associates uh, uh, Classmates Who attend other churches And I'm sure you have some Friends, associates who attend No church Do you, let, let me start Instead of asking the question that I want to ask Let me ask the question that needs to be asked first When you get together with your friends do d- Does church come up at all? Yes. D- d- yes Okay. And when it comes up This, this leads to the question that I want to ask When it comes up what do you say about Shiloh to help draw others or, or, or to suggest to your friends, particularly those, we're not trying to draw anybody away from their church, but those who don't attend any church. What is it that you say that, that you think would be helpful to them uh, making a decision to come and attend Shiloh? To, to be
1: honest, I think that my friends think that this church is like, the best church because I always talk about it, brag about my church, shallow this, shallow that. And then I invite them to the activities, Sunday school, Bible study, and I think they really like my church.
2: Do they ever take you up on it? Yeah. Well, good. Good. Dale? Um, <clears throat> I'll give them advice. i like, you should come to my church because there's more stuff you can do. Like, you can interact with other people. Mm-hmm. Like, um... Like, Wednesdays, Bible study, the good service on Sunday, um, it just, they'll feel safer. Instead of being out in the streets, they'll feel safe in the church. Okay. Ms. Jean?
1: Well, from my personal life, I have this friend. She's actually a member now. Um, I've been knowing her since middle school. She didn't go to church. Okay. And she's a young lady with a baby.
0: Okay.
1: Um... I know from my perspective, we started out coming Vacation Bible School. I started bringing up Vacation Bible School. Mm-hmm. You know, all the kids come. That's my favorite time of the year, Vacation Bible School. Um, you get to see the different interactions throughout the church. We had the music and the art class. and you had a personal talks with the teachers. Right. And it just gives us something to look forward to. I personally like the music the best. We have the best choir in Baton Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so my theory with my church, I try to make them feel comfortable. Because this is a comfortable place. You always find somebody that you can talk to, somebody mm-hmm. you can laugh with. Mm-hmm. And it's always communication going around. Always, It's everybody treated like family here. That's you don't good. have no worries. That's good. That's good. Um, do you have
0: friends who don't attend any church? Uh, who, and I, I, I don't want names. I'm just curious. <laughs> If, if, if you had to put it by a percentage, how many of your friends attend church versus how many of your friends don't attend church? 100%
1: for me. That's 100%
0: of your attend. friends attend, church. okay? About a good 5% don't attend church. Okay,
2: yeah,
0: 5% did it. So 95% do attend, mm-hmm. okay? 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that that's a good number, and it's refreshing to me. Because one of the things that I have learned uh, as I read and study is that while African Americans attend church at a higher level than other ethnic groups uh, nationally, uh, and particularly in the South, that number is waning, that fewer and fewer of people your age are attending church. So when you tell me that 100%, 100%, 95% of your friends Mm -hmm. Attend church. That's that's reassuring to me that uh, we're doing something right in order to retain uh, church membership. Because at your ages, uh, it, it, it's less your parents saying you must go, and more you making the decision yourselves that you want to go. Uh, You've you mentioned Vacation Bible School several times. It's interesting because as we're recording this, Vacation Bible School is one week away. Yes. It is, yes.
2: Yes. year. another year.
0: Um, what is it uh, that we could do on a year-round basis? One of the things that makes Vacation Bible School possible is that you're not in school, and, mm-hmm. and you're not uh, encumbered by academic pursuits or other school pursuits. Uh, what is it that we can do to uh, generate that same kind of enthusiasm on a year-round basis as opposed to just once a year in the summer?
1: Um, I've always thought about having teen church or a church service where, like, the kids can get up there and kind of talk, mm-hmm. right? Like, our our perspective mm-hmm. on the Bible because okay. we know y'all traditional perspective. Okay. I'm just saying like the kids need to have some sort of a voice. Cause most older adults, they're like, we're kids, we don't know, Thank or they, you. yeah. Thank you. And in my generation, I know the generation that we growing up in, they got 10 year olds that know more than I know, You, they'll open their mouth you'll be like,
2: what what? <laughs> So Like, yeah.
1: So like, I think a voice comes to play with that. Letting us have like opportunity to speak on the topics more. Okay.
2: Mm, like us being youth, we have testimonies too. Like we've been through like our family members passing away. Like mm-hmm. nowadays these days it's our family members passing by murder, getting killed. Mm-hmm. So, we have so much of pressure built inside, we don't know how to express ourselves. So, we'll feel better if we express ourselves with the church family, because we know we'll get good advice from fellow members.
0: Okay.
1: I think there should be a bigger play on the ministries, because the ministry, I mean, choir, dance, youth, like, they're getting smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. Like I think we should have some type of outreach program that'll increase those numbers, make it more
0: fun. There needs to be a... a I, I don't, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm trying to make sure that I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a heavier emphasis on evangelism yeah. Yeah. And, and outreach geared more toward youth. Uh, what role do you think you all can play I've got a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 17-year-old in here. What role do you think you can play? I'm 56 years old. Okay? Uh, my youngest son is six years older than 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 you all are, okay? So I understand that it's quite possible that young people your age really aren't gonna listen. You're gonna be polite. Yes, sir. No, sir. How how you doing? I'm fine, sir. How are you, sir? But you're not really going to talk to me Mm -hmm. the way that you would talk to someone your own age. Uh, In in other uh, settings, they call them peer counselors. Do you think the Shiloh could benefit from having peer counselors? Of course. Mm -hmm. Yes. We need
1: to feel comfortable
0: right now for 10 days. So if you were a peer counselor, what is it that you think that you could share with with people your own age that would be beneficial to them?
1: Your everyday, your everyday experiences, dealing with school, church, peer pressure, drugs. Yeah, Life lessons. Start off with the small things like setting goals, how to accomplish those goals, how to get to where you need to be, learn how to express yourself. Because a lot of kids our age, they go through things, but they kind of hold it in. Mm-hmm so learning how to express yourself whether you can do that by talking you can do that by playing a sport i do it by listening to music i love music personally um other ways they got other ways too
2: i feel like we should instead of us talking to Kids our age, cause kids our age, they don't care. Like they wouldn't just sit there listen to you. Well, they would listen to you, but they gonna forget everything you said. Like we should talk to children that's younger than us. Like tell them how the life is gonna, like how the world gonna be when you get our age and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, talk- Okay,
0: Shiloh does have a children's church that that operates for children age two to twelve. Uh, do you think that you all would be able? to make a difference make an impact if you all were able to share on occasion uh stories with those children because they're they're younger than you is, they, is mm-hmm. that what you're talking about yes sir uh you see yes sir you heard that very, very, <laughs> very polite uh, uh you, you you think that that would be beneficial to to them yeah,
1: I, I think the kids that Ten, maybe they start in middle school to be beneficial to them. But the kids that are like younger than ten, they kind of don't understand yet. They don't have that mindset. yet okay. Maybe the middle school kids, you can kind of talk to and they'll kind of get the process. But then at the same time, they still kids. They just gonna want to run around. Yeah. They're not worried about that. Mommy, daddy got it.
0: Well, one of the things that that, that I was taught when I was in seminary, uh, one of the reasons why I preach very short. Uh, because compared to most preachers, I preach very short. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're, you're happy about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. you, you get
0: out fast. But one there. of the things that I was taught is that the attention span of the average adult is only between 11 and 13 minutes. So if I preach a 20-minute sermon, which is about the length of what I preach, uh, I already know that seven to nine minutes of what I've seen <laughs> has just flown right by you. you think about something else, you're doing something else. So when you say attention span for younger kids, if the average adult has an attention span of 11 to 13 minutes, what do you think the attention span is of a, of a 10-year-old or an 8-year-old? It's probably only three
2: two to, to four. Two to four minutes. Two, two to four
0: minutes. So you would have to find a way to compact your message into that two to four minutes in order to give it to them uh, in, in, in a slice, and a size, that they can uh, appreciate mm-hmm. and do something with. That takes work on your part, because believe me, condensing what you want to say down to two to four minutes and making sure that you get in everything that you want to say within the two to four minute span of time, try it sometimes. It, 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 it's a. It people have no idea. Not now. I'm stepping on my soapbox. Okay, uh, people have no idea how much time it takes to prepare a 20-minute sermon. I spend six to eight hours in writing time. That that's prior to reading and and doing the research. I spend six to eight hours writing what turns into a 20-minute sermon. So that's a whole lot of time investment in order to present in 20 minutes in a way that I think is, is, is both intelligent and attractive and people can walk away saying I learned something, or at least I got three points from that. So imagine talking to eight-year-olds and you have two minutes to get, to, to, to get and keep their attention. That takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you're willing to put in that kind of work? And not just you, but, you know, we have other youth your age. Do you think that you all are willing to put in that kind of work in order to do that?
1: I think that if we step up and work together, it would be easier. Because three people by itself is not going to help maintain the minds of the kids. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It's going to take more. And it's going to take more responsibility on us because focusing on them and then having our personal life on the outside of church, right. that's going to take a lot of a strong mind too mm-hmm. for to be able to work with kids that small.
0: Well, then the next question becomes, because what I'm hearing you saying is, it's, it's difficult but not impossible. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it can be done. So then the next step, the next question is, are you willing to do it? Is that something that you would want to devote your, your, your time and attention to? Yes, sir. Yes.
2: Like, um, having a mentor, like Mr. Troy Kennedy, right. he's mentoring us. I want to be like him. Like, I feel like I'm a younger version of him. That's good.
1: We've been knowing him since five years old. He, been he our watched teacher. us grow Yeah, and now he's out teaching now that we're teenagers. Right. So, and he can relate more to us now yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. than yeah.
1: we were little
2: that's good that's
1: good and we are kind of helping with the little kids at the moment because in, in Sunday on Sundays we go to the back and kind of watch over them and help with good. the little small activities that they do okay and they are focused most of the time <laughs> it's just the little the little outside things that make them Ooh, there's a there's a ball going by, and I'm gonna look at it. That's what kind of catches their mind. But mm-hmm. right. I know I didn't brought up music a lot, but when Miss Maria comes to the back and they singing songs, that keeps their mind going, because okay. she on them you got the remember your lines, and she kind of breaks it down and tells them the meaning behind the lyrics of the song. Mm-hmm. And they, they also, that. yeah, they mm-hmm. appreciate that. And Mr. Sam, um, let me ask you this:
0: Do young people want to be talked to like their children, or do they want to be talked to like their adults? Because I've noticed that, that when we talk to young people, we tend to dumb down our talk. Hey, little baby, how are you? <laughs> what, what, what kind of day did you have? Do you want that, or do you want people to talk to you like your young adults?
1: Young adults.
0: Like a young adults. <laughs> <laughs> she said with frustration in her voice. Uh, but so, how can you help us to understand what it is that we're doing? Well, I asked you to give me a letter grade earlier, and and you did. Uh, well, well, you, you you went fair to good, yeah. and and that's fine. Help us to understand how can we communicate better to you, so that you can communicate better to others.
1: I think you should use the the ways we interact with each other, social media sites, because I see that you have the Facebook and all that, but. You
0: should have like Instagram. I have Instagram. So, so So keep on naming. I have I have Facebook. I have Instagram. Snapchat. I have YouTube. I don't have Snapchat. <laughs> I don't have. But I thought y'all use Snapchat for other reasons, so that right. nobody else could know what it was that you all were doing. <laughs> right. So, so, so I, I don't I don't have Snapchat. But okay, keep going. What else? Well, that's pretty mm,
1: much it. That's pretty we like. I'm going to email you list. We
0: don't really check our emails. Yeah. So emails don't work. No, the they don't.
2: don't work. Okay. Facebook. Y'all still text? Yeah.
0: Okay. Right.
2: But then I need phone numbers so that I can text you. Facebook probably right. not going to work because. Facebook doesn't work. It Facebook doesn't. like for. This generation, I'm not not trying to say you're older. Okay, I'm old. I'll
0: I'll take
2: old. I'm I'm not trying to say that, you know what I'm saying? But for this generation, it's like Facebook is kind of, what should I say? How should I say this?
1: An insult to us.
2: Yeah. An insult? (laughs) Yes. Okay, you have to elaborate on that.
0: How is Facebook an insult?
1: (laughs) It just doesn't relate to us. Like, when I was in 6th grade, I was so happy to get a Facebook.
2: Yeah. About
1: 7th grade, all these adults started coming, trying to friend. And, like, no, it was supposed to be a site for us. And now we have Instagram.
0: Okay, but now you're telling me that I need to use social media more. But now you're telling, but, but but on the back end, you're saying, but don't, but but don't try to friend us. <laughs> now, <laughs> how, how can I talk to you no. if I can't friend you? <laughs> oh, Instagram, no, there's a
1: way. It. It's a way. It's how you use okay. it towards us. Like, we don't want to be smothered. Okay. We want to have room. We don't want to be judged yeah. on what we do. But I feel like if you want to.
0: Talk to us about the activities. Is it a judgment? Okay, let's talk about this because I I have a peeve about social media. Uh, I I don't mind social media. I use it. I, I use social media every day. I, I put something on Facebook about Alton Sterling every day. I put a scripture and a prayer on Facebook every day, and you're telling me that it doesn't reach you guys at all because I you guys it. don't stay like, on Facebook. But my,
2: my mother he, he, me.
0: here's my thing about social media: whether it's Instagram or YouTube or Twitter, does anybody use Twitter anymore? Mm. Uh, y'all don't even know mm, what Twitter anymore. Okay. Yeah. it's coming back. Yeah. Okay, you kids have to. Very careful about what you put uh-huh. on social media because when you guys get ready to go to college and you want to be recruited to certain universities and you have the grades to go to these universities these recruiters are going to go back and they're going to look at your social media pages and if they find offensive things on your social media pages they're going to pass you over and get somebody else. If you go to get a job, they want to look at your social media pages. And if they see you prancing around half naked, male or female,
2: mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. On, 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 on these social media sites, they because you represent them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so I'm concerned, not, social media is here to say it's not going anywhere, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But I'm concerned with how young people use social media and so you say you don't want to be judged that, that that was your word I don't judge you but when I see something that one of my kids put on Facebook that I don't like I'm gonna walk up to him and I'm gonna say get that stuff off Facebook <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna say it loud I'm gonna get right in their ear and I'm gonna say get that stuff off Facebook that I saw and they go look at me like yo you watching my face yes I'm watching get that now and I have and I have done that to several members of this church, because I think that your future is in jeopardy if you put the wrong stuff on social media. What do, you, what do you think about that?
1: What what y'all look at as being offensive, we just think we're having fun. Like that's the type of mentality we have, and you can't say like all youth because me oh, I'm, personally, I'm not saying
0: all youth.
1: Okay, good. Because me personally, I don't. I I'm don't not saying all, you at. but I am <laughs>
0: saying this. You can think of it as fun all you want to. Somebody has to hire you. Right. And it doesn't matter what you think it is. It matters what they think Mm -hmm. it is. Because they're going to be the ones, unless you are one of the very, very few people, one of the one percenters who's able to earn a living on their own, an entrepreneur, and make their own money and not have to work for somebody else even for a short period of time, Mm -hmm. unless you're one of those people, Somebody's got to hire you. Somebody's got to pay you. You want, you want an apartment? You got to get a job. You want a car? Got to get a job. You, 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 you want to be able to leave here and go someplace else, live in a different community, a different, got to get a job. And somebody has to hire you. And so it, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what your friends think. It matters what the perspective is employer things. Does that make sense to you? Yes, sir. <coughs> that that that's the only thing that I'm saying. And so when I come up to and I haven't come for the record, I haven't come up to any any of you all, mm-hmm. but I have done that to people in this church. I do it not because I'm trying to be the bad guy or I'm trying to be the Grinch who stole Christmas. What I'm trying to do is get you to understand the value of the social media site and the value of your reputation. All you have is your name and your reputation mm-hmm. and it can carry you a long long way or it can destroy you before you ever get started and a lot of that is based on how people perceive you mm-hmm. and that's all i'm trying to get you to understand i
2: agree they um they use social media wrong now these days cause social media is for like like um express how you feeling or if you are on vacation like yeah but nowadays cyberbullying right. um posting pictures of people that without, without their concern consent I mean mm-hmm. um like I had Facebook 5 years ago I ain't post nothing on I just had a Facebook cuz that was that was the thing so now these days they have four years old having instagram five years old Mm, like it's the gen the generation after us right it's different but i feel like their perspective is different everything is different like i feel like we're getting older now the children is under us we have to talk to them give them advice if they listen, if they sit down and listen,
0: are you all familiar with something called cyber church?
2: Cyber church. That's where churches don't meet in a physical location like here, but they meet
0: online and have worship just online. Uh, it's know. it's it's something that's developing across the country. Uh, it's it's usually sponsored by large, predominantly white churches uh, uh, that are trying to reach new audiences uh new groups of people and so they use online and they schedule times for worship but the worship takes place online rather than in a physical place Mm -hmm. and uh, the way you are looking at me
2: (laughs) it makes it clear
0: It, it makes it clear that well that you're not familiar but the reason why i brought it up was to ask is that something that you all might find attractive? Is that something no, that you might like not. if
2: if you're doing it on the internet, what's the point of the church? Like what's the point of right. the church building if you doing the internet? Mm-hmm. Like
0: it's
2: not gonna be at all. Um, like this church building been here for many years and if you just now start doing it on internet, a group on internet, you it's like you're not getting it. Like you have to be here, like feel the vibe. Like mm-hmm. you have to be here. Like how is somebody gonna feel the Holy Ghost over the phone? I so have I any
0: agree. of you ever watched the live stream?
2: Yes. Ha, ha, yeah. have there been Sundays? Yes. if yeah. if I'm sick you or something, the live stream. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: How do you like the live stream?
1: It's nice, but it's not. It's the nice,
2: same but it'll be better from here. Yeah.
0: Okay. So so it, it's a substitute when you can't be here, but it's not something that you would like to to take the place of. I'd
2: just be like, nah, I'm I'm just staying home, nah.
0: Okay. Well, that's good to hear because when we started, one of the things that I was fearful of is that people would go to what I call Bedside Baptist. And you know what Bedside Baptist is? That's where you just decide, I ain't getting up this morning. I'll just roll over and, and click it on and watch it from right. home. But but what I'm hearing you say is that you find value in coming together and, and sharing the worship experience with one another. So I I, I appreciate that. From the standpoint of, of social justice issues, especially as it relates to to people your age, uh, teenagers, uh, people in their early 20s. Uh, what's your attitude about the role of the church in uh, social justice issues?
1: Hmm. Well, the church in law in general, they try to keep the church out of it as much as possible. Um, like with the school situation, they used to have prayer in school. Now at my school, I know they call it a moment of silence, right. mm-hmm. which is like two seconds, and then you sit down. That's right. not even enough to say thank you, God, in the morning. And you're not allowed to wear religious headbands, religious necklaces. They are gonna make you tuck it in and take it off. You so, can't wear a cross
2: like, there's no religious, no religious. When
1: I wore my school. my um my church my cross necklace, they made me tuck it in my shirt or I had to take it off.
2: Really? Because yeah. they say, like, it's offensive to the other children because they might not be the same religion.
1: religion yeah, okay. mm-hmm. You're not allowed so to have offensive. a Bible either. Because I, I like, used to have mine.
2: It's like you can't bring up Jesus and nothing like that in the class. But yeah. that's what they need to talk about.
1: Like, Interesting. even with the curriculum, like, how the world was made up. I know in my series class, my teacher taught it from both perspectives. He wasn't AIDS.
2: supposed like to.
0: Like to. And evolution. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. The, he they, wasn't supposed to. They like did. to
2: say, like, they like to use it science. Like, they like to use it in science, but mm-hmm. we need to use it like Jesus, God made the earth mm-hmm. and everything else. But no, they don't talk about that. They say what science did, what science did, that, mm-hmm. but that's not it.
0: When it comes to, to issues like... Drug addiction the Alton Sterling shooting the shootings that took place of the three law enforcement officers uh, in the aftermath of the Alton Sterling shooting and the marches that took place in our community uh, where churches were involved and not necessarily in the leadership uh, but but were involved in it Uh, as three young people uh, to attend church on a regular basis, what role do you think the church, what role do you think Shiloh should play in social justice issues? We, we put something in the worship folder every week around a, bit, around a different social justice issue. Uh, do you think that that's appropriate? Do you think that that's helpful? Do you think that, that that's necessary? Or do you, do you just look at it and move on? I think it's necessary. Awareness is everything. You can't go around being
1: naive about it about things,
2: because when you find yourself in that situation, you're not gonna know what to do. Mm, and like, talk to the people, like, say like, recently my cousin passed away from murder. They killed him. Um, like, talk to the family of the victim. Talk to the family of the victim. Like, sit down and talk to them and see how they feel and try to see if you can help them feel better about the situation. But even though you sit down and talk, they're not going to come back, but it's still grief. Mm-hmm. But they're always going to be grief.
1: Um, I think church is a healing place. It's a place where you can come find comfort in your hardest times. So that's what I think our church do already. Like we have the end of church service where, you know, like people come up about the, They don't necessarily tell their problems, but we give them the comfort of prayer. Right. So I think with the church staying with the, as the comfort zone, that helps because no matter how much you can try to preach it out, people are still going to do it their way. We can try to talk about don't be violent, God is the answer, but at the end of the day, just keeping it real. When they walk out the church, they leave the church at the church, most people.
0: How do we fix that? And, and and I know that's a tough question because that's been a generational problem It didn't just start with your generation it, it was true of my generation, it was true of generations before me uh, there's a running joke that uh, that uh, my father first told uh, that I have used from time to time preacher preaches on Sunday morning and, and everybody shouts and says amen and, just, <laughs> and he stands at the door and he's shaking hands as people are walking out one guy walks up to the preacher and says, Preacher, I sure did enjoy that sermon today. I just wish I could use some of that stuff in the real world. Wow. <clears throat> you know. And 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 that tends to be the attitude. It's like we're yeah. in a make-believe world while we're in here, but nothing of what we get in here translates into the world that you walk into. What can we do to to make more of what we do in here relevant to what takes place outside of here
2: um it's like two different worlds like like there's the church world then there's the community world Mm -hmm. so it'll be better if not like just say like three of us just go out there and talk to people about church like say if say if I say one of the church members older than us like go out there or we come together as a church and go out there in the community um and talk them about how we can do this we can do that, how we can just bring the community back together within a church.
1: I think you shouldn't necessarily just talk about what you want to do. you should act on it and do it because people you know they say walk by faith, not by sight right yeah. but that's. A lot of people don't really do that. They have to see what's being done Mm -hmm. rather than hear it. Mm -hmm. Because you're not going to believe it and you're not going to want to be a part of something if it's all talk. Um, I think that plays a role in the church evolving. Like, in our church, I know we use the books. Um, I can say from five years old to where I am now, I'm kind of learning the same stories. Like the Lion's Den and Daniel, Mm -hmm. Father Abraham. Mm -hmm. I feel as if we should use, we should still use the book, but relate it to real life circumstances. Like, I know in Mr. Troy's class on Sunday, we use the book, but he also brings it back to a real life perspective Mm -hmm. to kind of help us merge the two worlds. Mm-hmm. And I think we should do that because I know that the books, they're all the same lessons. They just, as we get older, they put it in a way that we can understand it mm-hmm. from when we we're younger. Mm-hmm. So I think merging the, the lessons that we're taught in church with circumstances on the outside world would be better.
0: I think that, uh, as, as I said, it's it's a generational problem, uh, we try to find ways to make Scripture relevant. Uh, I, I say it six to eight hours in sermon preparation. Part of the part of the process is trying, that's mine, oh. part of the process is trying to uh, uh, find ways to make what's going on in the text relevant to what's going on in the world today. And so we spent a lot of time trying to do research about national politics, about President Trump and and, and the things that he's doing about uh, the government, uh, the state government and the legislature right now and the dilemma that they're having in trying to find a way to bring healing to our budget woes. And then about local government and the mayor and her problems with the Metro Council and and uh, Breck and uh, the, the, the business community and the inherent uh, racism that exists within our community uh, that people might not even be aware of as being racial. You know, I, I, I think that there are things that happen that a lot of people don't necessarily recognize as being racial uh, or racially motivated, and yet they are. And you say, well, how can they not notice it? And my response would be because their perspective is different. For hours, uh, I use this example all the time. Uh, you and I can be standing on on two different corners, uh, and an accident can happen in the street at, at at an intersection. And from your perspective, you'll see one version of the accident. And from my perspective, I'll see a different version of. We, we both are looking at the same accident, but you will see things that I won't see, and I will see things that you don't see. And it's not necessarily a matter of one being right and the other being wrong, as much as it is that we just have two different perspectives of the same thing. I would like to believe that not every person who upholds uh, things that I find abhorrent, like what's going on with the immigration system down in Texas and Mexicans uh, that are trying to uh, migrate north, I would like to believe that not everybody who supports what the President is doing is a racist. Uh, uh, Sometimes I have a difficult time holding that point of view, but I would like to believe that not everybody who feels that way feels that way because they're racist. Uh, In the same way, I would like to believe that not everybody who supports uh, things that I am against taxes, for example, or the way taxes are uh, instituted in this community, are doing it simply because they are mean-spirited people who don't care about other folk. I'd like to believe that some of it is the fact that they just have a different perspective. And if that's the case, you can deal with that. It's hard to convert a mean-spirited person, but it, it is possible to educate somebody who has a different point of view from yours by sharing your point of view which is what you all are doing for me today I I learn when I listen to you and so I'm happy to have this opportunity to sit here across from you and not talk about you through somebody else, but talk to you directly and hear from you as to what we can do better. And I'd like to believe that that is also true when it comes to other social justice issues, that I think the church must take a leadership role in. Uh, Police brutality is a a reality in this community. Police reform is is a necessity in this community. I think that the church should play a role in that, but I don't want to believe that everybody who supports the police and says that there's no need for reform is is, is just a racist or is is just blind to the the ugliness that exists within the Baton Rouge Police Department. I'd like to believe that they that they honestly believe and hold a position that they hold based upon their own perspective, and if I can share my perspective, then perhaps I have the opportunity to change your point of view.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, um, we were talking about this, we were saying that when black when black on black crime happened, they just look at it like oh, it's just another black person dead, but right. as soon as a police killed a black person, that's when a whole riot happened. We're trying to see why we're not having riots against black on black crime. Yes. And, like, with the racially thing, um, I walk downtown. I walk downtown. And I'll just be on one side of the sidewalk. And I'll walk past a Caucasian person. And they'll just step on the grass, like, I'm trying to harm them or something. And I just keep walking, like, I just pray for them. That's yeah. all I do. Just, that's all I could do, just pray yeah. for
0: them. They have, they have a, a negative perspective of, of black young men. Yeah. and they act on that negative perspective. And it's frustrating, and it's angering, uh, because I, I used to be a black young, now I'm a black old man, but I used to be a black young man. And and, and, and it was angering to me when that happened. But the, the solution to that is not to become bitter. The solution to that is to find ways to communicate with people uh, who are, at least honest enough to acknowledge that I don't know everything. The hardest thing in the world to do is to convince somebody who already thinks he knows everything. Uh, What what we need are people who are honest enough to acknowledge I don't know everything and I would like to know more because I want to maximize the potential of this moment. Uh, and, And too often we don't do enough of that. Too often we just get angry and then we generalize and we stereotype and we say all of them are like that, mm-hmm. and and, and uh, when we do that, uh, communication stops at that mm-hmm. point because everybody. If I attack you, if 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 I say all young people are a certain kind of way, all of a sudden all your defenses are going to go up, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, and 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 communication has stopped at that point. Now we're just talking at each other rather than talking to, to each, each other. other. So I think that it's important that we have venues, have opportunities to to share and exchange ideas. Not necessarily that I'm going to see everything your way or you're going to see everything my way, but at least we've had the opportunity to put these differences on the table. And and sometimes you have to get up and walk around with it for a while before you realize that uh, maybe what they had to say had some value to it. Okay, I think we've had a good time. Yeah. What what, what final thing can can I get you all to say uh, before we close out?
1: Well, I, I really
2: appreciate the impact that Shiloh has had on my life. I have become a better person because of it. I really love that I have Shiloh behind my back, and I can do everything with them, like right? everything with them, striving me to do better.
1: I want to say thank you to my Shiloh family. I love all of thank you God. dearly. I've had a good time growing up, and I will continue to grow up in this church. And just thank everybody, for watching.
0: I agree. Thank you for (laughs) watching. Thank you for listening. Come back next time. Thank
2: you. Bye. Bye.